0: Oh, and welcome to another episode of Talk Nerdy to Me. I'm Jay. I'm Gaz. And this is The Way because we are going to be talking about Mandalorian Season 2. Yes, Mandalorian Season 2 has been out on Disney+. Plus. It's got a lot of people through COVID in December and Christmas and I think it's been extremely popular so I'll be amazed if you're listening to this and you haven't watched it yet. But if you haven't, turn away now go away to the dark side and go and watch it because we are going to talk about it in full spoiler detail with me as always i have gaz who we are doing this via the magic of the technology that we have probably always
1: had the ability to do but didn't realize we did we've now been forced into technology me being the main one because like i'm like a total technophobe most of the time
0: but but it uh it's worked we um we put our first pod out in this style last month uh, last month or a couple of weeks ago or whatever and uh, i've had nothing but praise from it people saying like it was the best sounding one i think it even got more listens because of it so yeah if you're enjoying the sound of how this is this is going to be like how it is from now on and also i just thought we've got so many new uh likes on the facebook page and on the instagram page in the past few weeks as well that i just want to push the fact that this is a Talk Nerdy production, go to www.talknerdy.uk, go to at Talk Nerdy UK uh, for all our Instagram and for Twitter, but if you go to the website, you can find all our podcasts, all the vlogs we've done, all the blogs we've done, the reviews, um, we, me and Gaz and previous hosts, uh, Chris and Adam, I've just filled this website full of fun content, cosplayers, um, I can't even think of them, but there's more stuff, think of Gaz, what else is on there, have I missed anything? trailers trailers yes if you if you oh if you always want to be kept up to date with the latest trailers in tv and film but the nerdy ones specifically not the ones with just bloody tom hanks in then yes come to us and we've got all your trailers sorted for you so yeah that's the housekeeping out of the way and i should have given plenty of time for people to turn off so what we need to do is for those who've stuck around because you want to listen we're going to talk about mandalorian season two in full spoiler details Without further ado, quick overview. What do you think of Mandalorian season two?
1: I just love this show so much. Like, (laughs) I mean, obviously, like the first season, everyone was raving about it, and it was sort of like a lot of people who had sort of drifted away from Star Wars. I I suppose, myself included. You know, we've had the prequels, which were looked at very unfavorably. Then we've had the sequel trilogy that is a very mixed bag, I liked some of it, I didn't like some of it this just seemed like universally to bring everyone back on board and go I fucking love Star Wars again and I think it was more of the same and even dare I say it, and I I know I'm going to get hold to task on this because of something I've said previously about the Mandalorian, but that ending ho 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 didn't have to do a bit of fan service, but I do not give one fucking toss. Me, I just <laughs> fucking loved it.
0: Yeah, I am. I am going to bring you to trial and a bit later, <laughs> Gary. Because I have. I I do remember certain words being spoken from your mouth. But yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm with you. This there's, there's something about there's something about this show where I forgive its misgivings. I forgive the little imperfections on it just as I do the original trilogy whereas mm. I feel like the prequels like you said the so, it's hard to find it's actually the other way around there's so much misgivings it's actually and, and it's hard to find the good in it but you do just about and then the same a little bit with the sequels I think because we're in a modern age and so much money was thrown at it you thought you just expected more for your money as it were but there's something about There's something about this period in Star Wars as well. I've found any show set around these times doesn't really step a foot out of whack because you've got the original trilogy, you've got this, uh, Rogue One as -hmm. well.
1: Yeah. All
0: all kind of get a kind of uh, a pass and a forgiving for any possible issues. And I'm not really sure what the common denominator is about that
1: i wonder with that though is it because it's not straying too far away from the original that naturally the story that everyone loved so much it's not being messed with too badly like rogue one it's obviously sticking to the story basically because it's 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 shoehorned into where a new hope starts Mm, i get what you mean oh sorry no that was solo wasn't it
0: no, 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 you're right, Rogue One. Solo, right? That's the thing. Solo is set way before. Way before, because he's so young.
1: Right. Well, what was the one where uh, there's is is rogue one the one where Darth Vader comes on at the end with Princess Leia. Did you just call it Wogue? I thought that was Soul. I thought that was Soul. No, no,
0: it's, it's it's Rogue One. But did you call it Wogue One? Like fucking Rogue One. i have not gone, Jonathan. Yeah, out. Jonathan Watts here?
1: We're watching Rogue One. Sorry, I've I got confused then. But yeah, okay. Um obviously Rogue One, it fits that like perfect little timeline anyway because effectively that story was there. You know, it was already written. Um i'm pretty sure there's an old game called dark forces that goes on this was on like the pc by the way i'm showing my age um but it was a really old game in the 90s that followed a very similar path to rogue one it's it's a story that was already in the lore of the game and similarly i think mandalorian fits like a really nice little thing of like straight after return of the jedi here we are and forget what comes afterwards, almost, although they're, they're obviously having to pay attention to it, I suppose, to a degree. But it feels more natural. I've seen people say this is a more natural sequel than anything else that's that's been done, mm. and it does, because it is coming after Return of the Jedi. So, of course, it feels like a natural sequel.
0: No, no, what you mean. I, that, that's... That's kind of like what I'm, I'm thinking. I think what really cemented it today is I've been I've been watching Star Wars Rebels or Star Wars Webels, as Jonathan Watts would say. And <laughs> We're both doing it. Star Wars Webels. And um, that's set just not long after Return of the Jedi. And mm. I'm, re- I'm enjoying it more than Clone Wars. And it's weird because there's not been I think Darth Vader and Obi-Wan have been in it like as a pure like five second clip that's it they've not been yeah. in it as so far um, and I'm loving it more than Clone Wars and Clone Wars has got all these characters in with all this history and really deep stories that are like episodic and uh, part you know like three parters and these are just short 20 minute episodes a bit ki- for kids to be honest but if there's mm-hmm. something about that era that time where it, it just can't put a foot wrong it's so mm. odd, and I prefer it.
1: But I, I, I think they could have put a foot wrong, but I think it's been steered magnificently, by the way. Wow. And I think the testament to, to the guy in charge, let's, let's just... I, I don't know how, how you want to do this podcast, but I, John Favreau is literally God right <laughs> now. I, I just... Like, what on... He has managed to just absolutely nail the feel of star wars but like if you go back to like those originals there's bits in the mandalorian you think that looks straight out of the uh, out of the, the originals like yeah okay the cameras are better that he's using but it still feels it. it feels like you're in that same universe whereas i don't think you get that with any of the others i mean i'm um... Mm, I am w- going to
0: slightly disagree with you when you say about any of the others, but this more so than any of the others. I I agree with you. It, it is. Yeah. It is like you are. You've you've jumped into one of the trilogy films and you've just gone. I'm going to walk in a different direction and see what's going on over this mountain, and just gone yeah. on a ship to another planet. It is. It's, it's. But he's he's very good at. I mean, John Favreau is God. Let's be honest. you're all right John Favreau is the chosen one. He is Luke. Walking out onto the plane at the two sons, seeing the script in front of him with the music like he's the
1: he has brought balance to the force. Truly, we are back on track. Has Favreau won Nerdy Icon of the Year? Did he win it? Ooh. I I feel like we did the Russo brothers for giving us something marvellously nerdy in Stranger Things. Jodie Whittaker we won it. give it. To, we definitely give it to Hugh Jackman. No, not Hugh Jackman. Oh, didn't, no. Didn't we give
0: it to Ryan Reynolds?
1: And yeah, I think Jodie Whittaker was the other one, actually. Yeah. I think you're right. So I'm not being funny. I know nerdies is being postponed, but I mean, <laughs> there's only one nomination I'm going for this you're year. Going with,
0: well, I mean, it's not, it's not a bad shout and I think people are really starting to realise the power of Favreau um, if you've watched any of his stuff, like... Have you ever seen... I mean, we'll very quickly go into this, by the way. But have you ever seen Chef? Chef? I think it's called Chef. Uh, hold on. John Favreau. I need to check it. This is where someone's shouting... No, it's Cook. I'm sure. For... No, no John,
1: I don't know either. John
0: Favreau. Chef. Hold on. Yeah, it's a film from 2014. And honestly, <laughs> if anyone else had done it, I don't think it would work. Because all it is, it's about a guy who likes to cook... Um, he decides to set up a mobile cooking van with his son that he's a little bit estranged from Mm. Um, and that's it but honestly 90% of the film is showing you how to cook stuff and it's not really got a story other than that it's just showing you how to and I'm thinking if I went to cinema to watch it I was watching it and if I went to cinema to see this would I have been happy by the end of it I would have loved it and it, I think it's yeah. even become a TV show where he, on Netflix, where he takes celebrities to their favorite restaurants and then he cooks them a meal himself because he's that into. If he's into something, he knows how to get and it on. That is
1: it. Yeah, he, that is the crucial thing. He can tap into what you. What he is a fan of Star Wars. He is a fan of Marvel. You know, even, like, I, I watched the, uh, what was it called? Was it called, like, Disney Gallery or something? Yeah, Disney And it's, Gallery. like, the documentary. And then I saw a documentary the other day on him making Elf. Yeah! it's the same process. It was on Netflix. I think it was, like, one of these, like, you know, holiday movies made for us or something. Yeah, the called. holiday movies that made us, yeah. Yeah, that's it. And you just see him tap into exactly what, the audience wants and what he would want if he was the audience and that is the crucial bit i think of favro magic yeah so I, i just i just think the guy is amazing deserves so much like praise of what he's getting because it's star wars is one of those franchises that i think it's very easy to piss people off and yeah, okay, I've seen some people criticise it maybe this season more than the first one, which we'll probably get on to. But I think overall, most people think this is very good Star Wars stuff.
0: I think more and people have been criticising it because more people watched it. Yeah, track. that's
1: probably true, but I also think it's going to bring the cranks out, isn't it, <laughs> as well? This, this season in particular. And look, I, I said it at the end of the first season. Let's just get this out of the way. I was like, leave the Skywalkers. I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him in this Mandalorian arc. And there he is. He rocks up. So if you've if you managed to get through this bit and not turn off and spoilers, I do apologise, but you were warned. But Luke Skywalker rocks up. Mm. And I'm sorry, but everything I said, like, look, he's not going to be coming <coughs> in and being a main part, is he? He's just not. Like, people who are now fearing, oh, well, that's it, you know, let the cat out of the bag, now Skywalker's in it. It's not going to be that way. It was a flash cameo, and I fucking loved it. I literally nearly wet my pants. <laughs> I was like a fucking nine-year-old kid going, Aah! It's the fucking TIE fighter. Well, oh, X wing.
0: Right. Well, before we get to that, before because I'm that that episode is a trial for you, Gary. Um, we'll go through <laughs> we'll go through these episodically. I've got them all lined up okay. here, and um, we'll just go through them kind of quickly. We're not going to spend like half an hour on each one. Do not worry. So, first, quick one was uh, chapter nine, the marshal. That's the. I thought I'd bring That's back lovely. the talk nerdy cock for the uh, the Mandalorian theme, um, <laughs> and that was the first episode written and directed by Jon Favreau. So that was his, he didn't direct any of the other ones from season one. This was his directorial debut within his own series,
1: and it's a. F- fucking good episodes like the oh mate this this was like so clever there'd been so much talk about boba fett being in mandalorian right and you see him on screen and go oh it's boba fett (laughs) and then you go oh no it's not it's not boba fett and they've explained why it's not boba fett and you're like oh but that was really cool like i really enjoyed that (laughs) <laughs> and then he fucking trolls you until Boba Fett comes into it. Fucking boss. Honest to God. I just fucking love this shit, mate. Mad props to Jay Leal from Nurkle
0: Underground who called that motherfucker from that episode, from the episode from season one where all you see is a foot appear in the desert and help up the, um, that his, who ends up being his uh, assistant, as it were, that woman from uh, S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah, he um, he called it and went. That foot was Boba Fett. Hundred percent was it, fight me. It's it's gonna be Boba Fett, and then th- it was it was Boba Fett, and I was made up to see him. And but that whole episode with that mad fucking beast, whatever it's called, yeah. They, um,
1: what was it like a dragon? The in great a Dragon, t- yeah, uh, yeah. Oh my god, like, and that's the thing as well. Like, obviously they've got budget. I mean, happy days. But that it does remind you of, like, you know when there was, like, um, the scenes in, like, uh, Tatooine when you've got that, like, big, what was it, like the Snarlak pit and stuff? Yeah. It still feels like a beast you would encounter. Whereas I think one of the worst things Star Wars has done sort of after the originals is do these, like, weird CGI things around it, like, even to the extent of going over the original trilogies and putting in what looks like overly done computer rendered extras no I know what you mean I know no I know what you mean but it doesn't fit whereas this just fits it looks fucking beastly it looks like Star Wars it's fucking brilliant I mean
0: I think the best way to to look at this is the the creep Dragon like you said totally fits in with Star Wars It, it didn't look out of place you didn't go, oh, that's weird. You were like, ah, like you were scared of it. Like, how, how are he going to beat this thing? It's so epic. And compare that to uh, Rise of Skywalker, where you had uh, space horses.
1: Yeah, and even even to, to, to the extent of having Snoke, like, it makes the whole point of making that, that character in particular just silly to me. Why did you have to go over the top with this like computerized sort of like I don't I didn't buy that for one. I thing always remember Snoke. that took me out the fact it was CGI and everything else was kept to
0: being like. Because let's let's put, put a thing here. John Favreau tries to stay away from CGI wherever possible. You've seen that video going around of the guy playing guitar to the Baby Yoda puppet that's just moving yeah. around to it. He's got he's got practical effects coming out his arse, he loves them, I love them, and I think this was a great example of when practical effects aren't enough, he then, he uses CGI very well, but only as and when he needs to, but this was a
1: great episode,
0: I I loved it, it was very tense, and yeah, proper good Star Wars.
1: I just thought it was a great kick-off to the season as well, like, obviously, you're sort of nervous, I suppose, going into a new season, how good the first season was, uh, are they gonna be able to sort of capture that sort of magic again? And within one episode, you're like superb. Like and there's so many like quintessential Star Warsy bits to it. Like the fact that you've got the Tusken Raiders and you oh, see them from a different dynamic. Yes,
0: I love them. I have always loved Tusken Raiders. I remember as a kid they were my favourite part of episode of A New Hope. Because I, I don't know if I saw Empire till a couple of few... It was a few years between... New Oprah's the mm. only one I knew about, and I always remember, like, they don't use them enough. They were boss. And yeah, it, and then the prequels made them to be essentially rapists, which I thought was like, alright, they were just... They were some people I didn't want, they want them to be rapists. But mm. <laughs> they, in this, note it was great. It gave them... And they, do, do you know they use sign language to talk? And because they use sign, yeah. sign language to talk, John Favreau, rather than just make up sign language, he hired... Uh, a sign language expert who can speak in multiple language of sign language to make up
1: their own one but go off the basis of root sign language so like that's that's so clever little touches like that just make so much difference don't they
0: yeah honestly and it was such a good episode I loved how as well it played off of like you said you can just see little things that also inspire him so I I got a bit of tremors from that and a bit of jaws as Mm -hmm. well yeah yeah um Right, so next was Chapter 10, The Passenger. Right. Um, and that one was where Mandalorian agrees to take someone who we only know as Frog Lady, because we never know her name, to go and get, take her eggs to her husband um, in order to... In exchange for information about where there's other Mandalorians. Um, mm-hmm. He crashes on a planet, and he has to deal with giant ice spiders and then the X-Wing pilots come find him kill them and then say you know what you helped us out in a previous episode we're not going to arrest you this is a warning and just leave
1: him as he is Um, yeah so definitely not one for any arachnophobes no this one was not I saw this one get a (laughs)
0: lot of hate and I think it got a lot of hate because what we just talked about chapter 9 was so strong that oh yeah that maybe this is where people felt felt a dip but i loved all of it i loved baby yosa eating the eggs i thought that was hilarious Well, that,
1: that was it I, I thought it was more a character episode i don't think having a load of spiders in a cave is particularly uh inspiring i think that's probably the main reason that people would be a bit like like what we said before you know like the beast in the last number nine the great dragon looked like something out of star wars whereas this just felt like any you know, like I'm not saying like there's giant spiders on earth or anything like that, but it felt a bit more I don't know, a little bit more Harry Potter, I suppose, because there's a there's a scene in that where there's like loads of spiders and I, I do wonder whether that's why people sort of went, Oh well that's a bit naff like where are the aliens sort of thing. The
0: the other thing you've got here is this is the one directed by Peyton Reed. Now Peyton Reed also directed the episode of uh in season one the one with funnily enough the one where we just talked about where he goes off into the desert that lad betrays him and he leaves them all for dead, and then we see a mm. fu- we see a foot, and that one was critically panned as well, saying like that was dodgy. So I don't know if it's a Peyton Reed thing, whether or I know whether John Favreau gives him the weakest script and goes, <laughs> do what you can with this. Or well, but- does he does he make it the weakest? Exactly, it's it's an odd thing. I personally have poor
1: Peyton Reed. He doesn't come out of it very well either way, does he? I don't
0: have an issue. I honestly didn't have any issue. If there's one thing I want this to be completely clear. I get this criticism about me all the time by people listening to the show, friends, uh, family, that I, my job is I piss on things people love. Like, I, everyone, I'm, <laughs> I, Pook in particular has told me this. He's like, why you gotta piss on stuff that people love? Like, just let people love things. I'm like, I do, but I love things so much that I just expect better. And it, mm. but this is one of those shows where I, I don't have that feeling. I, I do not mind anything it does because I can see it's a pure of heart. It, it's it's just yeah. doing the best it can. And I have no, no... I feel like I'm being picky going, oh, the, the Icy Planet one wasn't as good. All right, what would you rather watch? The Icy Planet one, twice, or Phantom Menace?
1: Well, that, I think that's it, isn't it? If, if you're talking that that's like the worst episodes in a season, I'm quite happy about that yeah because that means that like <laughs> okay it's not the strongest one but it's still a good episode like I, I get the criticism if that episode was the be all and end all of it and that, that you got that same episode every time week in week out but the the beauty of the Mandalorian I think is because it does have different directors each episode is you do get a different feel in each one, and it never feels too far away from the actual storyline. So, yeah, this is slightly different. It's a bit more of a... a, It's an ends-to-a-means episode, I suppose, in the sense that it's just a way of bringing the storyline a bit further down the road and sort of developing that bond between Yoda... uh, Sorry, Grogu, and... uh, (laughs) And... uh, fucking hell i'm going mad here and mando so obviously like i i i see the purpose in an episode like this and it's so early doors anyway and then you know you're gonna get those massive episodes that just absolutely kick your ass and this this one yeah okay it's not one of the the best you're not gonna this is never gonna be someone's favorite episode i want to thought but it's definitely a strong episode
0: it's funny you said yoda because I had so many people this season maybe showing more people watching it or maybe more people paying attention um, message me to come ask me like I'm the fucking oracle of Star Wars <laughs> going, when is this set? Because I had one person convinced that um, this was the origin of Yoda. Like, that's how far back it goes. <laughs> and then I, I had another person convinced that, again, when we said about Luke at the end that Luke must be a clone because it's set that far after. And I
1: just... Right, It's But it's
0: so bizarre that people... I feel it's very obvious in season one. They just make it very obvious. Season one, episode one, the Empire has fallen. You've just come in at that point. Return of the Jedi has just happened. It's dead. Really, really odd. But yeah, man, like... I feel this one had a horror theme to it. Like, we were talking about like, Tremors and Jaws before, which are horror, but the more, like, thriller, drama. Horror. This had a proper full-on, like, monster-in-the-closet horror. Like, when she's in the bath, when she's in, like, the little bath, and these, like, something's... I knew something was going to happen from the music, and I was like, oh, she dead! She dead! She's going to be killed! <laughs> you better run! Like that. And then, yeah, and I love the practical effects that they used for her, and when they did make her CGI to run... It didn't look like CGI, it actually looked really good. Um, yeah, I, I, for, for a bad episode, I honestly had no issue with it. I and mean, everyone complaining about Baby Yoda eating eggs. Jesus Christ, I mean, he's eaten a-
1: animals all throughout this. I thought that showed that he was immature, though, and that sort of is what he would be. Yeah, like... It, and the it, fact that you've got Mando being the dad, going, mean, stop eating these eggs. Yeah, like he's undeveloped. Like, that works. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was. I agree with that. Um,
0: so then we went after that to chapter eleven, the Heiress <laughs> <laughs> So it gets it gets better every time though. Um, so this is the one where the, yeah. So he delivers Frog Lady, and then he goes to meet the Mandalorians. But the Mandalorians take the helmets off, and he's like, "Yo, you ain't Mandalorian. You took your helmet off." No Mandalorian takes off their helmet. And then they go on that mad objective to acquire, the, to capture the ship with the weapons uh, to reconquer Mandalore, uh, and the, the, it turns out Moff Gideon's behind this ship, um, and it turns out Moff Gideon and Bo-Katan, who is from Clone Wars, are at each other's necks, he's just kind of caught in the middle, and he's like, look, I just want to get out of here, I'm not bothered about Mandalorians, I don't give a shit about Moff Gideon, even though he, like, he really should, because he's had to deal with him previously that was something that confused me did he know that season one was caused by Moff Gideon did he ever see him because
1: I don't know I did wonder that myself actually because obviously when they're in that they're in like sort of uh, somewhere in Tatooine is it or what? Well, one of the desert planets anyway, oh yeah where... he co- he
0: comes out he comes out and does his little speech and that's when you yeah. first
1: see him And
0: but I think it's so brief that he doesn't think anything of it he, if anything he's dealt with um the first, the one who's in the first episode, is like, "Bring me the baby, bring me the child," like that. I think mm. he thinks he's still the master guy, and it's actually Moff Gideon. And uh, then he, I think he just thinks Moff Gideon's dead because he crashed the ship, and he's not bothered by him. So yeah, he then leaves to go find Ahsoka Tano. Which, when that, by the way, as someone who, I'm not going to pretend, I'm not going to be like this guy, like, oh, either uh, that was a really major key moment for me. Uh, Ahsoka Tano is like been my favourite for absolutely years. I've only just got into Clone Wars. I've just I finished it over this year and even though I've only watched it this year from start to finish Clone Wars that was still for me a big moment to say because that's such a good character and it's nice to see that they're finally doing a, a live action version and that's me after like one year so there must be people who've been mm. waiting for this for fucking like a decade for Ahsoka Tano to show up in a live action. And that's the help of him having Dave Filoni on board, who we'll get to later. Because this one was, weirdly, this was directed as well by Bryce Dallas Howard, um, who I'm always surprised as a director. I just always put her as the woman who ran in heels in Jurassic Park. <laughs> that's all my brain. Yeah. But she's a really good director. I think she did a really good mm-hmm. episode in the uh, in the last one as well. But yeah, this were, this is where I'm going to start actually dragging you over the coals here, Gary. So this is where we're okay. getting characters mentioned from the Skywalker saga, like they promised. So you've got bo I mean, you've literally had bo- Boba Fett, little glimpse, and now you've got Bo-Katan is heavily in this with a mention that we're going to get Ahsoka Tano. At this point, how are you feeling? Because yeah. you did say... I don't want any of this. I don't want nothing from the Skywalker saga at all. Keep it completely original and new characters and keep it away from all of that
1: shit. If I'm being honest, right, it didn't really affect me at all. Only because I don't think... Like, even people like bo and Asaka. Ahsoka! It, Ahsoka, sorry. Ahsoka is it probably does, like it, an Asian hot spicy piece of things so, having a certain- I, I, d- I don't think it took me out because I'm not talking like And I know we're going to get to the episode where Luke comes in so I know how stupid this sounds but none of these characters um, were taking me out of, of the Mandalorian because they weren't massive Like the focus in the Skywalker trilogies are very Skywalker, Han Solo Chewbacca, people like that these aren't characters that I just fully associate with, with that. So I don't mind them being dotted into it, as much as I'd like. You know, the fact that there's stormtroopers in it—it's in the universe, so I'm fine with that.
0: I'm, I'm, wi- I'm glad you said that because that—that's kind of what I th- thought lends to how clever this was written and directed. Mm. The whole series, because I think a good example is the Avengers. The Avengers, when that first came out, I don't doubt that some people hadn't seen every Marvel film before The Avengers. Definitely not. Mm-hmm. I think Captain America and Thor, if you have a look at the takings, have have a dip in them somewhat. But Avengers did so well, and I think that I had people who I work with who were coming in like going, "Thor is my new favourite character," like Captain America mm-hmm. is my new favourite character. I'm gonna go watch the film. I've not seen the film yet. And it was because they did know who these characters were, but they were introduced so well and written so good in that in the Avengers that it didn't matter. You didn't need to know them. It's just that's it. It just works. I think this is the same. I think Ahsoka Tano and Bo Katan. If you know that shit about them, it gives it an extra layer. If you don't know yeah. dog shit, it doesn't fucking matter. It's it was just so. They were so well done. Bo-Katan I agree. Bo-Katan, incidentally is voiced by the same person uh, sorry, is played by the same person who voiced her in the cartoon in the Clone Wars cartoons so it was very like, for people that was a very big thing, it was like literally the character on screen as was
1: I think that is a difference as well to be fair, is you know, like obviously the Clone Wars, uh, you know I've not watched that much of it even being honest but it's a different um thing entirely to to see a you know someone come on screen and play that role as well. Mm. Um and I actually I remember thinking because I wanted to double check it was Rosario Dawson when it first came on I was like is that Rosario Dawson playing uh, a I, I do I keep saying that wrong. Yeah, it's know. a Soka. A Soka, sorry. Think of it like
0: a childhood a childhood toy, a Super Soaker
1: So obviously I checked and from what she, the first, like one of the first news articles I read, was that people weren't happy about the casting, and I'm thinking, wh- what? I don't get what you'd, what more you'd have wanted out of it. I thought she was great. Well, tell you what, we'll we'll push these both together. Hold on, chapter twelve, the Siege.
0: <coughs> so that this was with Carl Weathers directed this, and this is when so he completes his mission and then goes to find the Sokotano, which he finds quite easily because. He he just knows where she the planet she's on and she's not exactly she is kind of staying secret because she's like a Jedi ninja as it were a grey a gray jet Jedi would probably call her because she's not really a Jedi but she's causing so much trouble on that planet people know where she is and have sent him to go get her yeah she is I mean I I've, after watching seven seasons of Clone Wars i couldn't have thought of a better person to play her. and i've seen some people put oh they should have got the original actress to play her the person who did the voice acting but i don't think she was an actress actress i think she was just a voice actress mm-hmm. so this other person can act bo katan can act this other person's gone no i can't i can't do that but you know who is amazing at playing her um, what was her name again um
1: Rosario Dawson. Yeah,
0: Rosario, Rosario Dawson kicks ass in whatever she does. I've never seen her oh, yeah. do a bad... Like, she's probably one of the best parts of Clerks too. Like, honestly, there's. I love Rosario Dawson to bits, and she does such a good job of honouring that character that people really liked. And I, honestly, if I didn't understand the hate. It was, it was so well done.
1: Yeah, I thought her episode... Um, was one of the best ones I honestly, I absolutely loved that episode um, I loved the 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 whole sort of way she you know, it brought her in and then she could communicate with what we now know is called Grogu it was such a nice like little at the time I was like, hang on, hang on hang on, we're, we're giving baby Yoda a name now, I don't like this <laughs> but it's sort of like it makes total sense of course he has a name so, like, I actually really, really liked that episode. I thought it was amazing. I mean, it's quite weird because you had... What happened in the previous three episodes were all
0: quite fast-paced. Again, in in Bryce Dallas Howard's one, this that is essentially a heist episode because they're trying to take over this ship and nick it off the Empire. And it is tense. They nearly crash it. It was really well... It was very, very well done. I love, I really enjoyed that. Um, it showed... It's show, Again, the Empire don't come off as being stupid but they just come off as being easy to outwit, but they are still dangerous to a degree. But then with this one, with Carl Weathers directing, this was like a Samurai film. It, yeah. It was so Yeah, it was just like even the, the village he'd made and, and the and the and the setting and how people were being treated was something like out of a really dark samurai film and I fucking I loved it and I loved the, the calm between the breathing. So like you have rue this whole thing with her talking to grogu it was such we'd been so fast-paced for three episodes it was nice to just stop and breathe and develop and to wor- work on the story more and i love that little mm-hmm. bit where he's like when he realizes he's called grogu and he's like grogu he's, hmm? looks and, he goes, <laughs> and just stops and he looks away grogu hmm Like I love that. I I loved them doing that, and it again cemented the bond. Now the kid has a name. Exactly. Now he has a name. That's like you—you never name. You don't name the cow you're raising to kill. You don't do that because if once it's got a name, you get attached. Now he had a name, and that was like even though he didn't call him it much after, he called him the kid. So after that, Mm. definitely you saw the dynamic change again, and he grew closer. It was so so heartwarming, (laughs) so adorable. Um, and also, fucking. It, actually, this will be quite interesting. So if that's your first ever. as Someone who doesn't know Ahsoka, Ahsoka Tano, what did hmm. what did you make? Did you did you like her? Did you like
1: it? I I just really liked it. Yeah, like uh, I mean, obviously, like I I've watched like some Clone Wars, but nowhere near enough for me to really have had like a strong bond with the character or anything. You know, before she came on screen. But by the end of the episode, I absolutely loved it. And it actually, if anything, it makes me now want to go and watch more Clone Wars and find out more about the character. Um, so in in that regard, you know, I think you've got to look at Rosario Dawson and, and obviously what's happened in Mando as an amazing thing. So then after this, we went on... Um,
0: hold on. I'm getting confused here. Hold on. Oh no! I have skipped an episode, have I? No, I haven't. Yeah, S- sorry, I have. Sorry, I didn't. So that one, the je- um, I've got it wrong. The the siege was what the fuck? Have I got this wrong? No, I have. I've got well confused, mate. Sorry, everyone. listening will be going. Must have said so when I said the siege with Carl Weathers, it wasn't. It was the Jedi with Dave Filoni. That made more sense. So Dave Filoni directed. fuck me this is what happens when (laughs) you
1: what's going on I'm so sorry what's going on (laughs) this is what
0: happens when we try and be professional and I have a talk nitty cock (laughs) in my hand I will fuck (laughs) it up right. so right everything was right what we just said but it was about chapter 13 the Jedi by Dave Filoni (laughs) right that everything we just said completely correct Was right about that. (laughs) Dave Filoni directed that, not Carl Weathers. And the reason that's important is Dave Filoni worked on Clone Wars, so that was like him finally getting to make his Ah. baby a reality. Finally getting live action Ahsoka Tano, a character he helped co-create. In between this, oh, he wrote it as well. He wrote the episode. He had full control of that episode. Dave Filoni wrote and directed everything. Jon Favreau was like associate, like producer. He was not involved with That one in which is quite cool. The one in between was uh, the, the siege chapter 12, um, which was by Carl Weathers, which I think is Carl Weathers' directorial debut. I'm not sure, you know, the guy who plays um, Grief Cargar,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, obviously. I didn't know he directed it as well. To be fair, he was in the first season as well, wasn't it was he? He was in the first season, but it's just yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just
0: an odd world we live in, where you have got Carl Weathers directing Star Wars, but it was a fucking <laughs> good episode. Um, but this, this, and it was a, it was again it was a bit of another a siege a siege a heist film, as it were, a heist episode. But this is where people started going. We're getting a bit like a pattern here. Because you've got the Siege, the ERS and the Passenger and they've all got the same thing. It's like Mando Mando's trying to do his quest and all he's getting his side quests. Like mm. like a game. But even though it's kind of like formulaic, I totally forgave it.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I think that these are gonna happen to-, to develop the story anyway. But as long as the episode's good, I'm not bothered. And that's the thing, I think sometimes when you watch um series is and it gets a bit stale because like it's almost like they run out of ideas and you know you get the same sort of formula as you say and then you you sort of start going well it's getting a bit tedious now it's the same thing but even though it felt a little bit similar in in what what was happening each week what was happening was brilliant like I was just totally engaged and obviously I, I know they've gone back and they've got um some characters from the first season in this to sort of push it back along as well, which I don't mind that. Like I saw again, you know, some of the criticism I had seen for for this season was that oh, well, you're having you're having to go back and you just you you're only going back to these characters because the fans now want it. Well, those characters were in the first season, so it makes total sense that w- he would go back and get help or develop a story with them. So. I don't really get that criticism myself.
0: I mean, the, the only thing I would say is that poor fucking ship of his, the Razor Crest, gets its ass handed to it throughout this entire season, and bit, like this is why he like he has a reason. to... It's always to repair the ship while he's nearly on a planet because he's, he is getting hit from every side. But each episode has a point, so we get yeah. we get the marshal, which we've said is like that first one where he he's just. Uh, trying to find out where the Mandalorian are when you get to the passenger he's going to get information about where the Mandalorian are the heress is he finds the Mandalorian they are not who he thinks they are and they can't really help him but they say help us out and we'll get you to a Jedi so he helps them out and he goes to the Jedi and the Jedi is a, isn't really a Jedi she doesn't really want to be part of this and says I need you to help me because I've got stuff that needs you and if you do that I will get you, tell you where to go from here, and it's all it all has its its point. Oh no, sorry, I've missed I missed the episode again. I missed the fucking the siege episode we're talking about. Is the whole point is it's there's a last base, imperial base on the planet that's still causing a bit of trouble. So they go there, and this is where we find out they've been experimenting on the child's blood to get the high M count. Uh, the, which I'm guessing is the uh, midichlorian camps. To, and, uh, yeah. This will probably end up being very important for season three, by the sounds of it, from how it ended. So everything has a purpose. It, these aren't like random children's episodes of t- shows where it's a filler episode. Everything mm. has a, a, a niche part of the storyline in. If you did not watch this episode, it will come back later down the line to haunt you. Because this is where I think they set up that she then joins the New Republic and everything. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, by this point, and then we had the Jedi afterwards, we're five episodes in, I had a smile ear to ear, and how different is it to watch something weekly and look forward to it, mate?
1: Oh, yeah, I mean, that's it. It's, it's like, don't get me wrong, there are some shows that have come, you know, Stranger Things being one of them, I always felt like you were buzzing to, like, watch it and stuff like, you know, Cobra Kai coming, uh, certainly, you know, New Year's Day. I absolutely cannot wait. For the, for the new season mm-hmm. of that but the the trust I have in this is that I'm not going to be disappointed sometimes with other shows you get that sort of like oh is this going to be the one is this going to be the one that's the bad one in a season and yeah we've mentioned episodes that are slightly off like say the big ones but you're talking like the difference isn't oh well suddenly it's dropped to a six out of ten you know the lowest I was rate one of these episodes is eight yeah and the highest i would give is a 10 yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's you know it, it, you're not talking that it drops off completely it's just that there are so strong episodes it makes them look like the weak ones but they're not weak well i mean the the other thing as well is when you i'm looking at this now this
0: so you've got episode 1 which was kind of like it was amazing and it was like the setup as it were for everything to come two, three, and four are these little side quest episodes, but they're laying groundwork. And then from five onwards, it's just punch, punch, punch. So you got the Jedi, which that was... That could be my favourite episode, but we'll get into that later. Then straight after the Jedi, you had Chapter 14, The Tragedy. Which with Robert Rodriguez... I I am consistent, mate. I am consistent. Um, (laughs) With Robert Rodriguez directing. And this is the one where he takes, Mando takes Grogu to Tython to uh, meditate and find out, you know, call a Jedi, basically. Meanwhile, while he's there, fucking Boba Fett shows up in Slave 1. And I I was just like,
1: oh, shit. I, I honestly, this was the where I just went, oh, we are in some boss territory here. Because like, like I say, you've sort of already had Boba Fett, but it wasn't Boba Fett now you're getting boba fett and it's like oh man they fucking they have literally fucking trolled us it's all oh it's so clever what they did with that i think to like sort of they must have heard the sort of like oh well you know they're saying that boba fett's gonna show up to throw those little like well we're gonna throw you completely off the scent yeah you're getting boba fett sort of and then you automatically go, well, that, that's obviously what it was. That's why there's been so much rumour about Boba Fett. But then to actually get Boba Fett, I was just like, this is, this is brilliant. And this episode, by the way, is gripping. When those, like, dark troopers are descending to the sky, I was literally edge of my seat, like, they're not gonna get him. They're not gonna get him. They're not gonna get him. <laughs> fucking got him. <laughs> Unbelievable episodes, honestly
0: no it's like I know what you mean I feel and it was quite clever as well because it, it, he needs a distraction for while this is happening otherwise mm-hmm. it would have been quite boring that they land there Grogu meditates and then oh and now the tracking thing that cause, oh this is the other thing as well by the way Moff Gideon is such a good bad guy and yet he is barely in any episodes and he barely yeah. has any confrontational moments other than just him like appearing every so often to say a couple of lines of dialogue in an episode. Uh, that's it. It's not like he's there every turn. It's not like he's chasing him down. But there's something much more gripping about that, that he's such a good bad guy, and yet the two barely
1: ever meet. That's, uh, that is the strength of a villain. Darth Vader was in, what, a total of 13 to 15 minutes, something stupid like that in the original film. Yeah. That's. I remember getting that on uh, like, obviously when you see it written down, you think, really? But like, obviously he's not in it that much but that character resonates so much because of the impact of him being on screen. Isn't Heath Ledger only on like screen for 18 minutes or something silly? Yeah, or... probably similar something, uh, and that, that is it isn't it? You know, I think uh, he just gets the bad guy in this and you know again it makes you think why on earth would they have gone all that trouble of getting the CGI Snoke that has no real impact you know you're never really engaged with the character you don't fear him and then they kill him really quickly anyway so utterly pointless and all you needed was a guy with a little bit of character Mm. to grip you into it it seems so simple doesn't it but you know there you go um, let's not bash the, the sequels and prequels too much, because let's just rave about Mando. Yeah,
0: mate. <laughs> fucking, I think this is what I love about it. It just gets me so excited. So, yeah, the dark troopers coming. It's fucking, it's tense as fuck. And then the fight between like Boba Fett, not only coming out, but like one on one with Mando, and they like stop. And then when all the troopers start appearing, Boba Fett just coming out and just being like, "Right, I need to show for anyone who doesn't know what Boba Fett is." And to be honest, people say Boba Fett got handed a bat like do you know do you know why he's so popular, but he's barely on screen. Do you know why that happens?
1: Not I mean, I I just automatically assumed it was because the character was just cool.
0: It's <laughs> kind of, but it there's it's the toys. So what happened... Well, was,
1: yeah, oh, of course, yeah. They
0: brought out the the Boba Fett toy, I think, before Empire. And everyone was like, that's the coolest one. It can shoot a missile from its back, which they had to pull because it was didn't mm. meet health and safety standards. And then he was only a little bit in Empire. And they were like, right, well, we need to use him more because kids love him. And then George, George Lucas and co gave him a little bit more in return. But he didn't get much. And But it was the toys because the toys... Built up so much, and, and that's how stuff happened before social media, kids. It was literally <laughs> word of mouth and showing and talking to people. And everyone was like, "Who's this character? He looks ace." And then over the years, there's been comics and books, which are all technically legends now and not canon. But yeah, he's like this was the scene where uh, Robert Rodriguez gave the character of Boba Fett justice, and oh my god, that fight scene! He just mm. kicks ass. He just takes in no no mercy whatsoever. You thought Mando was like a bad motherfucker. This guy's like double bad motherfucker. It was just brilliant. And then, yeah, they they capture Grogu and the then that's it. Razorcrest gets blown up, which to everyone who ordered a Razorcrest uh, toy, by the way, I heard that <laughs> gutted on you because it doesn't look like that's going to be a ship from now on. Um... And yeah, and then it ends with uh, slave one, and them going like going to the new republic prison to say we need we need some help, and yeah, but that episode just was sick, and those dark troopers, that was when as well I noticed. Did you notice? Like I got a bit nervous because the dark troopers come on and the music changed to almost like dubstep music,
1: and I got v- yeah. That was a bit weird, actually, but I was just so like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. It was- I don't know. I was, it was just like, it was like a mad, because you were just thinking, there's no way they take him. There's no way they take him. And then, like, obviously, like, I, I've never been a massive fan of when you see, like, other types of Stormtrooper. And I don't know why. Like, you know when, like, they changed to, on the, like, woodland planet in Return of the Jedi and stuff? Mm. For some reason, I always just thought, well, why? They never change anywhere else. <laughs> it's just bizarre. And then in some, like, obviously more recent ones, you've got Red Ones, you've got, you know, Captain Phasma's, like, a bizarre, like, general one that's in, like, silver and shit. And I just always thought, oh, I, d- I don't really... I don't get why they've done that. They're supposed to just be, you know, guns for hire, basically, you know, fodder, aren't they? Mm. They're just fucking, like, disposable army so why are we giving them like all of this shit but then these things fuck me and obviously you know we get further into to, to their development as well when they reappear well, later yeah, on later
0: on but what was i going to say then so yeah you, you had the uh you have dubstep thing i've
1: just thought they were gripping though like I, I just thought that whole episode from like start to finish i just had me like i was like tense but like dead excited like it the best possible like excitement for a TV episode. I just thought it was fucking brilliant.
0: That was it, and then at the end, at the end, you see him like Grogu using his powers against stormtroopers in the in the little in the little uh, wherever he's being held, knocking them about, throwing them about, and then fucking what's his name? Moff Gideon comes in when he's tired, shows him the dark saber, and then they put these little teeny tiny handcuffs on him. And I'm thinking... Yeah. If you're a stormtrooper and you see that you own handcuffs that are that big, you need to look at yourself in the mirror and go, are we the baddies? (laughs) Um, So yeah, I love that. And then after that, rather than go straight into, we're going to get him back, there's a nice little interim episode where it's like, we need to form a team to get him back. So you get Mm. chapter 15, the believer. (whistles) And... um, that's, this is directed by Rick Famuy- Famuyua. are I think that's pronounced. Sorry, again. If mm. And this was, a, again, a very in- interesting ep- episode where we get a character that wasn't the biggest... Not as, People mixed on Migs Mayfield. Um, yeah. Because he's played by... Is it Bill Burr?
1: Bill Burr, yeah. And
0: he's very hit and miss with people, whether you like his comedy or not. I think he's brilliant as
1: this character... He's brilliant. I I loved it. Yeah, like I loved it when he popped up in the first. It's almost like that. You do that like double take in when when he first came into it in the first season. I was like, is that Bill Burr? Why is Bill Burr in this? And it does, I suppose it because he is like a famous comedian. It does maybe take you out a little bit when you first go. Is that Bill Burr? But like, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I just like I absolutely loved him first time around but he was so much better in this episode I do have to say that I loved him in this like I just thought this episode again was so so good not only for the development of everything like you know you get that sort of like impact of like when Mando realises you know to to save him now I am having to take my helmet off and stuff and I loved all that I was like this this is fucking boss because you know how much he cares now And, like, Bill Burr just... I think the best thing about this episode as well is when you see Bill Burr realises that as well. Yeah. And he goes... He's took his helmet off for this. He fucking means business. And I think that was the most powerful bit of this episode.
0: I feel Bill Burr's character in the first season is, like... ...a reverse Han Solo... ...he's not a good guy... ...he's not a good guy with bad guy tendencies... ...like an anti-hero... ...he's an anti-villain... ...like he'll do some good shit... ...but really he's only... ...like Loki... ...he's only looking out for number one... ...and he will Mm. fuck you over... ...and in this episode... ...they... ...and they they all get him to say... ...we we need your help on this one... ...because you're the only one who knows... ...the inner workings here... ...and he's like... ...what's in it for me... ...and as he's going on... ...he's realising... ...actually... ...I've got the same motivations... ...as these characters fuck these yeah. guys near These and that that scene at the table where like you said you've already got the tension of him he took his helmet off and you're like alright get out of there and they have to sit at the table with that guy and like <laughs> I am like my arsehole is doing like roundabouts right now and and then you see Bill Burr begin to lose it and go yeah you just, we just lost a lot of men and you think that's funny or something like that and you're like mm. oh my god don't don't do it do not lose your shit don't do a fucking Star Lord in Endgame in Infinity War. Do not hit Thanos with your gun. This is not the time. And it it, it paralleled um, it paralleled Han when Han just shoots. He shot yeah. shot first, and I was like, that is badass. All right, very clever. I, I loved it, absolutely and I thought it really made it. Maybe it's because it's directed by this Rick guy, and it wasn't Peyton Reed this time. But there was something about this. I don't know what you would call this episode. It feels like a jailbreak episode, even though they both break in, then it's them breaking out.
1: It is funny though that you mentioned that it wasn't Peyton Reed this time because we're now getting on to the final. Yeah, this I've aren't been we?
0: very careful. I wanna be I am been everything I do is with point and purpose, Gary. And I've been <laughs> mentioning Peyton Reed a lot because of his shortcomings in the first one. And it's kind of maybe shortcomings he's had in this. And yeah, to point out things were done. Someone got the same characters and did something much more amazing and much more tense. And again, it's another. It's a what do you call it? The penultimate episode and packed such a punch. And we get again, he's let go. I would love it. I know people might go. this has got enough Star Wars content coming, but I might not mind a Miggs Mayfield solo run or him to come back again. <laughs> I, I I just really like the character. So yeah, we get it like more in season three, I think. Mix. <laughs> so then we get to chapter sixteen, the rescue.
1: It could also just be called the what the fuck <laughs> has just happened? Like, right? Honest to God, this is one of the best things I've ever seen on TV. A uh, hands, hands down, <laughs> I could not like Game of Thrones red wedding was like. The one everyone always goes, oh wow, what you know that that is amazing. This for me was just like I was blown away. I was just like, what the fuck? I was there's so much in it anyway. But like, ah, oh, let's just get on with it. Let's let's go.
0: I mean, we from the beginning. So the Mandalorian and. Uh, and the Doom Board, and uh, like Boba Fett, by the way, in these three episodes, is really clever used. He's used well in the tragedy. Comes in, kicks a load of arse, and then says, "I will help you." But then, very clever using the writing. It's not like oh, they just wrote him out. Did you get that when he said like, "I can't go in there and help you"? They might recognise mm-hmm. my face because because yeah. he's the he's
1: the he is the Stormtroopers, essentially. Yeah, he looks
0: like all the clones, so they'll be like, the- yeah. I love that. And then in this, he's just like, I'm going to help you, but then in order to do this plan, I got to get gone for it to look realistic. There's no reason why I stay around. I get gone, cause, so you can sneak in, because you're pretending to come in on a, you're pretending to be the Empire, and I'm fighting at you. So it's a really good way of just getting Boba Fett in and getting him out of there. Brilliant. I love that. And then you've got, they or bo Town and everyone has their own, Reason which, by the way, this was again another moment where women did it best here. So you got Bo Katan, uh, Cosca Reeves, and um, the other woman who I always forget her name. I, I just did it a minute, Fennec Shand. Right? So you got the three girls going mm-hmm. there and kick ass and it doesn't feel like it was pushed in like now that moment in Endgame does. This felt like that bit in The Boys where the girls just came in and kicked ass. This happened again. The girls came in and just go to town on the whole thing um, and then he just sneaks by in the background and they're doing their shit and then you get you get the big confrontation finally between Mando and Moth and did you... Like... It's so clever how they wrote how the best car metal can't be penetrated yeah. by
1: lightsabers. I mean, but that's what you were saying about each episode. We built up to this, had its purpose because the fact that he ends up with this best car spear is because of a result of something that happened in an episode, and it, that's that. This was just the the sort of culmination of everything coming together. You've got all the characters are there pretty much, and man. It it was just from start to finish like absolutely incredible. I mean the the
0: it's if they're from episode one right chapter one. He gets paid in Beskar and we see how important yeah. that is. And then further down the line, we find out that Beskar doesn't get penetrated by lightsabers. And it makes sense because the Jedi and the Mandalorians were enemies back in the day. Yeah and the only way they could be an enemy is if they could, you know, fight them. Of course they could fight yeah. them. You lightsabers cannot penetrate Beskar. And it's just fucking good writing. Just such good writing, taking stuff from the back from that you've got from the past and and writing it well rather than trying to work in how it could work, you yeah. know. Oh. so clever. Um. So, yeah, I, I loved all that. And then I loved the turn as well. Like, it's like, if you take it... Like, proper villain total villain if you take him yeah exactly if you take him I will let you go
1: essentially almost turn them against each other so so clever I also want to point out his portrayal of Moff Gideon I I worried
0: because in the first series I thought he played it very Breaking Bad like how he played Mm. that character in this he's well more unhinged like yeah and I love that I love that he's actually got different ways of playing bad guys and this one is unhinged totally unpredictable and yeah, like he says, like when he goes, like I saw that meme going round of uh, you know, the Leo meme of <laughs> like oh, like when Moff Gideon when he realises when Bo-Katan realises that Mando won the lightsaber, <laughs> like it's fucking and the fight with the Doom, the Dark Troopers as well. Like, Amazing. That like the one gets out,
1: and you see how hard he's struggling with just one, and you're like, ah, no, no. And that's what grips you when you realize there's like what is it, like sixteen of them or whatever it is in the troop. Yeah. Um, and that's why you're just like, well, what, what on earth happens now? And then <laughs> that X-wing flying by, I was like, nah, that's just gonna be a jed. I, I honestly, I. I I seen it go past, and I just thought it's just going to be a Jedi. It's not going to be Luke. That would be. This is what I was about to ask you. So, who did
0: you who did you think it could be? Because I thought it was really odd. Really, people put up loads of theories. Like some people like saying Samuel Jackson's going to come back. Uh, Some people saying like. Uh, ones that have been written in books were going to be made into law. Like some people who saying the jet, jet, uh, people from Star Wars Rebels were coming. In my head, given the time period we were in, I was like, it only could only be Ahsoka Tano or Luke. I went, they don't have the balls to do Luke. And this is going to be the arc of Ahsoka Tano, isn't it? That she goes like, oh, I can't train him. Uh, if it, you know, whoever it calls to, it will call to me. You know, whoever it calls to will get him. I thought, that's going to be her arc. It called to me. That must mean I'm destined to train this child. And when, like you said, I saw that lightsaber, I went, no. No. He, <laughs> he does not have the balls to do this. He does not at all. <laughs> and then you see, like, he walks out with his robe. And I saw, like, the one got the gloved hand. And I was like, Ugh! no it could still be someone else and then the green lightsaber came on and that might as well have been my erection happening on screen
1: <laughs> I totally agree to be honest I was just like I, 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 I'm I, very with you Like, I didn't think it would be Luke in a million years and I think that's probably one of the things they like, probably I think it is big bollocks to to go down that route. And I know some people are saying, no, it's easy because you're just playing on the Skywalkers and that's what we didn't want. Look, I will hold my hands up and say, that moment that that gave us is the best thing I have seen, probably since Empire Strikes Back when I first watched it. No, no, nothing has come close to that. And that's your inclusion, Return of the Jedi there. That one moment is the strongest that Star Wars has been since then.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, I'm with you on that. Like, it was... The the tension building... Because he's, he's kicking ass. And I know he's going to kick all the ass. And the waiting... You're, it keeps going back to the screen. And little things like him putting... Little Grogu putting his hand on the screen. And you're like, oh my god, yeah. oh my god. And then you can see, like... Moff Gideon looking, like, scared of what's coming. And they all look tense. And I'm like, I, I'm fucking tense as well. Because... <laughs> Who it, it could because it still could not be Luke, it might be a total blue baller and not be Luke. So, but I was like, it must be. And then the way he's crushing and killing all the all the fucking dark troopers, like Vader in Rogue One, by the way, mm. which then paralleled lovely, brilliantly, like the way he just did the, the the lightsaber. And in my head, I heard Luke go, I am a, I am a Jedi, like my father before me. I was like, ah, mm. it's such so good and it is it's to have the bollocks to go if we do it we do it right and we do it right first time we don't like what's the word i'm looking for we don't compromise a thing we've got to do it this way if we don't do it any other way it is doomed to fail at least this way we're being bold and brave and they went for it and i think they mostly nailed the landing what how do you feel about the cgi face
1: yeah. I look, I'm gonna forgive it because I actually think the the key thing is, as big as a moment as that was, the fact that it Luke just comes in and goes, Yeah, I'm gonna take him but then it drifts back straight away to where it should be and it comes straight back to Mando and Grogu to to finish us off. I thought that was the thing. It wasn't just that Luke turns up and then, right, that's it. Happy days, guys. We're out of here. It it obviously comes in, says his, says his line. Yeah, the CGI isn't perfect for me. There's definitely an imperfection there. But what are you expecting, really? Like, you know, to get that moment, I will absolutely forgive them, like, not having an absolute, immense, young Luke Skywalker... Like it's as good as they, they could have got, so I'm happy with that. Like, maybe in years time, when you know CGI is even better than it is now, you could look back and go, "Oh, that's going to look a little bit ropey, maybe compared well. to, to the rest of everything." <laughs> well, but not—I'm not bothered to be honest. I mean, this is—I I think the fact that it then shifts straight away to that moment between Grogu and Mando was even better than the Luke bit because it brings it all back home and that moment where he takes his helmet off and he touches his face is so emotional it's like you're just like this is this is incredible it was incredible TV
0: yeah I've saw I saw people putting up all across the board best episode ever best episode of a TV show I've ever seen ever best part of Star Wars I've ever seen uh, people just gushing I
1: I feel like anyone criticising the CGI was just being a fucking edgelord or just I, I'm assuming, I don't know whether you've seen on IMDB the rating by the way no, go but on. I'm assuming it is 9.9 out of 10 that 0.1 is maybe the imperfection in the CGI so regardless of that, people are still in love with it 9.9 9. I mean the, the, that is insane here's the thing with the CGI face right Disney
0: own that and Disney have, it's only available on their streaming service if Disney wants to make an alteration as time goes by they can do and they've shown yeah, that they've shown that with one specific guest who got wrote out to, uh, that we've missed here uh, do you remember the special guest that came in mid season and had to be written out no? Uh,
1: no, sorry, I'm, I'm not following.
0: Did you not see Jeans Guy? Jeans Guy? So in The Siege, the episode I botched up and re- re- named wrong, the one with uh, Carl Weathers, bear in mind that is his first act, uh, directing debut. He failed to notice that in one scene when they were running through a hallway, you can see a guy uh, at the in the background, uh, his arm uh, and his leg on the left side, and the guy just has... Some trainers-on jeans, uh, a grey T-shirt and a watch. But you can't see his head. It's just cut off just perfectly. And it's like, he definitely is not meant to be in that shot. He's not meant to be there. <laughs> and it got uh, went all over the internet. Like, people like making fake Star Wars toys with, now get jeans guy and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, before this season has ended, he's been edited out. You can't see him now. He's gone.
1: all uh, right. right. All oh, right. Well, I I don't mind that though. You know, like if you think about like the Game of Thrones one that happened in the last season. Oh, the Starbucks where there was, coffee like, coffee cup on a table. Yeah. How hard would it be to have noticed? A noticed it to be fair, but then if if it was like on something like a streaming service. Yeah, I don't mind them going and fixing it. Why? Why not? Yeah. So they'll do it in the future. They'll get.
0: They'll. <laughs> they'll change it. I'm sure. Actually, I just want to talk about like. I'm not gonna. Actually, I'm not gonna name names, but it obviously was a very emotional for some star wars fans seeing luke appear Mm. and what tipped a few people over the edge and again just having the balls to do it and it it wasn't just writing him in for the sake of it it made
1: sense r2 appearing oh yeah of course Uh, yeah i mean i I just totally overlooked r2 (laughs) there didn't i but i thought it was it was nice Uh, that was the It's one of those... I think the Luke bit was, like, special. I didn't get the same special feeling from the R2-D2 moment for some reason. Yeah, great. Like, you know, like, I was still happy. I was still glowing. Do you know what I mean? But I loved the fact that we went to, as I previously said, that we ended up with that Grogu and Mando scene as, as, I think, the strongest piece of the episode anyway it was like emotionally that, as much as you got that giddy excitement when you realise it's Luke it was that that really really brought it home for me and I, I think that was the best way to finish it and the only thing you you have to say now is what happens next I mean that's the thing this was an episode where any climatic episode of a season you want that like well what now what what now? And I've there's such a strong feeling, probably from everyone who has watched this now, of what the fuck comes next? Because the whole first two seasons of Mando has been, you know, Mando and Grogu and the story of how like what what's developing. So what happens now? I mean,
0: I've for starters, right? For starters, there's a lot. There's a lot that can happen because, but I just want to rewind slightly to you know when you said like oh he touches his face it was quite an mm. interesting moment because it's in this season and literally again in the last three four episodes or whatever Mando finally learned there was they were both mysterious to each other they didn't under, mm. they didn't talk to each other they didn't speak the same language but clearly and what we I never really took into account was Grogu had no idea who Mando was so when he put his hand on his face it was like holy shit and we just had. Mando finally learns Grogu's name a- a- mm. and Grogu finally sees who Mando is and th- yeah. that was well yeah it was it was a really teary eyed moment for a lot of people and they were very clever as well to uh, Moff Gideon goes to kill himself but then she knocks him out so Moff never sees uh, Luke so they don't get that do, what, does mm. does Moff know who Luke is because would Moff would Moff know who he was from being in the Empire? I assume by
1: name. Yeah, yeah exactly. But like rather than have to
0: deal with all that and be, and have that interrupt a nice moment, it's just like, I'll oh, just knock him unconscious. Makes sense. Yeah. Get rid of him. So, yeah, well, you say, where do they go? Well, now you've got... They have Moff Gideon, but he's not dead. And he's lay like, a hell of a little trap here for both Mando and bo to be in. bo going off, like, Clone Wars, is like the most purest of Mandalorian. Like, Mando thinks he's so high and mighty, like, I never take my helmet off. And he's just done it in front of her as well. But mm. she is, like, she's pure Mandalorian blood. So she has honor as well. And she needs to win that off him. She will not take that. So it'll probably go down that route. It'll probably go down now the, what happened to Mandalore and where, where they are after this. because And that could lead leads to Darth Maul being involved because he mm. was heavily involved in Mandalorian uh, the Mandalorian world uh, in the Clone Wars
1: and to be honest we're, we might not see this might not be the end of Grogu oh I, d- I don't think it will be but I just don't think he'll be like in every episode No, and in a way that'll be that'll feel really odd
0: now I was going to say some people are wondering is Favreau trying to set up the sequels is he now going to go, right, here's why the sequel sucked, because we didn't know enough about all these characters and all this shit, and they tried to squeeze it all in, didn't work. I'm going to do it, so I'm going to go and show Luke doing his you know, Jedi school, and this is where we're going to meet Kylo Ren, and this is where mm. we're going to meet... It would be really interesting. Well, if I trusted anyone to do it, it would be Dave Filoni and fucking John Favreau. Definitely. Um, and then, and then, and then... Um, the other thing you've got is an after credit scene, which the last season did not have an after credit scene. I'm assuming you did watch it.
1: Yeah, the the Boba Fett sat on Jabba's throat. Oh, my God. I fucking loved that. I
0: absolutely love anything to do with Jabba the Hutt, or anything to do with the Huts, or that. Like, he's going to... And now Boba Fett just comes in there, kills them all, and was like, right, I'm going to be... the the, the crime boss now, which again is dead interesting because technically that's what Maul was trying to do, he was trying to be a crime boss by the end of it as well Mm. so there's there's tons, there is tons there and I feel Filoni and Favreau are going off comics and books that were written and then Disney went, nah they're just legends now, we're we're not making them canon so it gives us more freedom Mm. and they're going alright, well we're going to use that material because it's good shit Whereas everyone who did the yeah. sequels tried to make up their own stuff off the top of their head, and it was rushed and bollocks to a degree. Mm. Um, so yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, there is. I think there is a future to it. I mean, I don't know what you what you think. Are you bothered about that? Oh,
1: definitely. I, I I just think they've earned enough credit that you know what is the point in trying to sort of go oh well it's never going to be as good now without Baby Yoda like <laughs> they they have proved their worth and our trust so let's let them get on with it and just really really look forward to season three mm. and and you know yeah okay we're gonna get a few spin-offs now by the look of it you know the book of uh, boba um let's see what that brings as well i mean christ I, I love star wars and i suppose it's one of those where there's just I was getting frustrated with it, where it's like, oh, there's so much Star Wars now, because of the fact that there was so much Star Wars, but it was being done wrong. If they're going to give us loads of Star Wars and they're going to do it as good as this, I am fully on board.
0: Well, you're getting the Book of Boba Fett is coming in December of 2021, and then this Mandalorian Season 3 is taking a a gap yard, so we're not getting any in 2021 we're uh, getting eight episodes though in twenty twenty two. So possibly Book of Boba Fett may set something up. That means like that
1: You would assume so.
0: That walks into it because again mm. he's uh, he we found out he's a foundling Mandalorian just like Mando is. Yeah. Um so I mean I'm gonna we'll wrap this up but not too much. Yeah. What was your what was your favourite episode then?
1: I'm gonna take the last episode out of this a little bit because I just think that that was the best episode for me I mean the fact that it's rating 10 out of 10 speaks volumes but so I'm going to do it slightly different and say my favourite other than that is that's like because I think we've just gushed over the last one anyway mm. but I actually really think the uh, the Jedi I, I loved that episode I thought it had like this darkness to it but then also the fact that you have got a Jedi in it obviously mando's a, a separate story so you don't get a lot of jedi in it and the fact that we then had a jedi in that one episode just i, I just thought it made the episode like a lot more special yeah so i'm gonna say that i one.
0: mean i think you took the words right out of my mouth I, I, I think i didn't want to just say the final one because that's unfair to hold them all to that which by the way yeah. we yeah we completely forgot to mention Peyton redirected that one Peyton Reed uh, yeah. came and directed... He's redeemed himself, totally. even in this podcast. He, he Peyton <laughs> redeemed himself. Um, <laughs> nice. L- <I> like it. <laughs> told you, always got a plan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it was so odd, which makes me wonder, does he just get given bad scripts to work with and he's actually dead good. He did do Ant-Man as well, so and I like Ant-Man. Uh, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm with you on that. Forget the last one. I think it was somewhere between the, the Jedi and the tragedy because of the Boba Fett scene but there is something about that the Jedi which is so on its own like it it, it feels like I'm trying to think of something else like it like it's an it's episode of Ahsoka Tano and it just so happens Mando shows up but yeah. but it's well balanced and it none take a light away from the other I'm sure something else has done that where an, a character appears for like a couple of episodes and goes away like not Punisher and Daredevil because he's throughout the whole fucking thing, but I feel there is characters sometimes show up just for an episode and then they get the whole of a off But it's it yeah, it's great. And what would you give
1: out of ten? Or is that a stupid question? Overall for the season, I'd probably say a nine, just because some some of the episodes do drop to an eight. And I, you know, I, I'm, I sound like I'm criticizing it. It drops to an eight, <laughs> um, but like when it was strong, it was ten. I mean, there's no doubt there that there there are probably three episodes of this I would give a ten to. I probably would say maybe two or three, are then eight, and then two are like nine. So overall, I'm going to average it out. I'm going to say nine. Again, me and you are on the same page, <coughs> brother. Like I
0: don't want to don't want to be boring, but it's true for the. It's like the only tens I have. It's like dark, gritty dramas and stuff that have me on the edge mm. of my seat throughout the whole of it with little sprinkles of humour. This has enough It's it's got to be family friendly to a degree so it's quite lighthearted in points that isn't a criticism of it, it's just personally then that means it doesn't, if I'm not that tense throughout it it, it, it it's it's not the same so it's either, mm. it's either a low 10 or a, a bang on 9 but yeah same um, What did you think? Don't forget to, like I said, go to w.talknerdy.uk um, and you can tell us in the comments down below on this podcast or you can email us at talknerdyuk at gmail.com with questions and your comments and what you thought about it. We've got loads more stuff coming up as well. We've got, I'm going to have a podcast with Gaz where we talk about the future of Star Wars because there's was a big Star Wars event where they announced loads of fucking shit. We just touched a bit on it then. I've got a Clone Wars episode with Dan Bibby coming up. Uh, and then Cobra Kai comes out, and we'll do a couple of Cobra Kai episodes as well. So yeah, tons of podcast con- content coming up. Uh, have you got anything you want to plug, Gary? Just
1: music again.
0: Go and look, listen to me music. Oh, that That's was a point. Music. I was going to say this, right? I listened to the last podcast. This shows how little you plug stuff. You didn't <laughs> tell people how to listen to your music. You're like, listen to me songs, and described what you've been doing, but you didn't give. <laughs> you didn't say a fucking
1: link. I am on uh, SoundCloud, you can search for Gazmasters, uh, Facebook, Gazmasters Music, YouTube, Gazmasters Music, Instagram and Twitter, at Gazmasters. Music, or, th- well you've been, hold on, you've been dramatic for effect there? They were there. all, oh. they
0: were all the same. Oh right, okay, so all
1: Gazmasters Music basically uh yeah. so some are at Gazmasters, some are at Gazmasters music i might edit the. it's w- not the most <laughs> universal i might edit the website
0: to have a little link for you because something oh, something tells <laughs> me you need a hand mate <laughs> <laughs> um all right well thanks everyone for listening you've been great and hello to all our new listeners because i know we're getting a lot more listens now and we've had a lot more likes so hello to you all uh yeah i've been jay i've been gaz and we've been talking nerdy Keep, Keep talking that star wars <laughs> nothing but star wars How about that nutty Star Wars bar? Can you forget all the creatures in there? And hey, Darth Vader in that black and evil mask. Did he scare you as much as he scared me? Ah! Star Wars. Those near it. far Ward! My seventh winner up here. Star Wars.